Reconciling God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Talking about the voice of the Lord, and the sheep know my voice, and the stranger they will not follow. There's many voices in the world, and Paul said to the church at Corinth, every voice is without signification. Everyone adds its own significance. But the spirits, many gods, many lords, but to us that believe there's only one Lord, one God, Jesus Christ. But each of those spirits have voices. Then we have the voice of our own conscience that each individual has, that has the conscience that they have learned from science. That is, they've learned from right from wrong uh, in the world what is right to do and what's wrong to do. And the conscience will speak. Those that have the Holy Ghost, Christ in them, the hope of glory, will have Christ moving on their human spirit and in that will give that conscience, the Holy Ghost bearing witness with them in their conscience, even as Paul stated, that you know that you're following the voice of God. How do you discern the voice of the Lord versus all the other voices in the land? Well, we try the spirits, and each of the spirits have voices. We understand that. And any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. That has to have uh, the basic revelation of Christ, which is the foundation of the church. In Matthew 16, that was given to Peter. When Jesus said, uh, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Well, some say you're John the Baptist, Jeremiah, Isaiah, one of the other prophets. But who do you say I am? A personal to the disciples. And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That is the foundation. Notice that Jesus said to Simon Barjona, calling by his fleshly earthly name, Flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Thou art Peter. Now he changes his name, and the name invokes and gives us the inside intrinsic value of the person, his characteristics that he is. And the name would always, in the Word of God, uh, denote the character. Peter, Petros, a piece of the rock. Thou art Peter. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Now, the foundation of the church is Christ. That's a foundation that's laid. And we find that Zerubbabel is given that in his hands. He's laid the foundation of the house, and his hands will surely finish it. That's the height, depth, length, and width of Christ that builds the whole house. And Jesus is the builder of his own house, the man Christ Jesus. The voice of God. When we see in the book of the Revelation, there's going to be the voices. When we see in that Revelation 4 and verse 5, we're going to see that this voice, the voice is all in unity of one, in the unity of the faith, that is coming from the throne, from the throne room. Now in the Pentecostal season, the voice of the Lord through the Holy Ghost is the body of Christ preparing themselves with a beaten olive oil, a half egg of a beaten olive oil that is placed into the 22 knobs of bows, which feeds the seven lamps, which tells us indicative in the church that we seek the Lord God Almighty 
and by listening to the Holy Ghost and obedience that he gives the more. The more that we are obedient to the voice of the Lord and call and we're chosen and we're faithful in that calling, the more the Lord gives revelation. And that's obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. It requires obedience. So not only a hear of the word, but a do of the word. Now, focusing on the voice of the Lord that we're seeing in, in the last days will not be in a Pentecostal fashion, in the sanctuary, a beaten olive oil that we feed the lamps with. This will come from the heaven itself, the throne, golden oil to the body of Christ. And we'll see that several different places. One particular is Revelation 4, verse 5. Now, for John to see this, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the revelation of the Antichrist. Many people are scared to look into the book of Revelation. Then with some terrible things, there's judgment and all that, and we're gone anyway. It's a pre-trib rapture. Well, it's not. And we have uh, not discerned and listened to the voice of the Lord in that we have made us a way to escape in a rapture which is not according to the word of God. In Revelation 4, verse 1, we find that John is listening to a trumpet voice, not a voice of a cornet, flute, or harp, sackbolt, psaltery, or dulcimer. That's the worldly church. You'll find that in Daniel, the third chapter, verse 5, 10, and 15. They do not have the trumpet voice, which pierces the heart of the believer. And that is profitable for reproof, rebuke, and correction to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. But John is not listening to the worldly church voice. He's listening to the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. We see in Revelation 4, verse 1, there was a door open to him in heaven. Now, why was the door opened? Well, we know that he was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. Uh, they could not burn John. They were going to boil him in oil. So they exiled him to the Isle of Patmos. He was there for the word of God and the testimony as a fellow uh, mayor of Jesus Christ and in the fellowship of the sufferings of Christ. And Jesus said, if I, I stand at the door and knock, if any man will hear my voice. Now we have to hear the voice of God. He's standing at the door and knock. He's doing his part. The burden's on us. Anyone said the burden of the Lord, the burden of the Lord will be cut off. The burden's not on the Lord. The burden is on us, the body of Christ, and especially the ministers. He said uh, there that any man says the burden of the Lord shall be cut off because the burden is on us. The Lord has done his part. And the voice is a voice of love that cries from Golgotha, from Calvary, where the Lord paid the price. It speaks better things than that of Abel. It speaks. The voice of God speaks through the blood. And the blood's in the New Testament given for you, and from the whole volume of the book is written to me, I come to do thy will, O God, for a body that has prepared me, Jesus said. So from Genesis to Revelation is Jesus. And uh, that's the reason why the Daniel says, I heard the voice of his words because the voice will always speak according to the word of God. It'll never deny the word or speak contrary to the word of God. And it's always in revelation, just it was given to Peter. 
Simon Barjona, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee. You didn't go to a seminary or a, uh, some kind of a college to get a doctorate of divinity or a PhD in theology. Uh, this is straight from the throne room. This is from the Father. Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God, because Christ is the foundation. But it will also be not only the foundation, but the capstone headstone, the finishing of the house of God. So we see there that John actually listens to the voice of God and has an entrance into that heavenly realm. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice, now and then we have to open the door. And then he said, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. Well, John, in Revelation 4, verse 1, there was a door open to him in heaven. This is far greater than a Pentecostal revelation that we see in Acts, the second chapter. That's wonderful. The talk of the principles, the first principles of the doctrine of Christ, that is wonderful. We certainly want to live by them. But we don't focus on them that after that we've grown up from babies and newborn babes to little children, we are to go on to perfection, just as Paul stated in Hebrews 6, verse 1. And he says, therefore, leaving the first principles of the doctrine of Christ. Those first principles is what, they're what we learn. And that's what we obey in obedience to. It's general way to live, to walk, the prayer life, the obedience to the general word of God. But there's also an individual will for each believer. That is members in particular, which is the measure of faith given to each part to do the will of God as the body is fitly framed together and compacted together by the Lord Jesus Christ. That means that the devil can't get into it. Whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. Well, that voice that we hear, take heed how we hear. For the same measure you meet with all shall be measured to you again. We hear the voice of God and obey it. Then he said that, that we'll have the more. You receive the word of God and obey it. To him, he'll have the more. The more you obey God and the voice and doing the will of God, the more that he will give you. And you will grow in grace. You will grow in faith. And to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ through obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. But to them that take heed how you hear, for them that hear not shall be taken away, even that which he has. That means we have to walk in the present preceding word of God or we lose it all. We're either in the light, gather or scatter, for or against, either serving God in present truth, living by the every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, or we're not. And that's where it becomes very uh, essential critical that we hear the voice of God and obey it in the correct season that we're in. Now we know the path of the justice as a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. That light is the light of the glorious gospel in that revelation of Jesus Christ that we grow up into him in all things, all truth. Faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. The things which are seen are temporal, the things which are not seen are eternal. These things are the things of faith, which is the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. That's the faith of Jesus. We see it in Revelation 14, 12. They keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus, which is have, keeping the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. 
That is the final consummation of the church in growth, not as newborn babes or little children, but coming to young men, that the word of God is strong in them, and they've overcome the wicked one, unto fathers. I write to you fathers because you have known him that's from the beginning, the word of God. That's the Son of Man revelation of the kingdom office. Jesus the head, we the body of the Christ. So John, in chapter 4, verse 1, said there was a, a door open in heaven to me and a voice of a trumpet. That's the voice of God. It's a piercing voice, a clarion call of God that pierces the spirit, the heart of man. The word will always accomplish that where it is sent in that voice of his word. Now that requires obedience. And it's not only to be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. As we look into the perfect law of liberty, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, that we must walk in and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That is in present truth, for man proceedeth, lives by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, with that said, John is, and walking through that door in heaven, a voice of a trumpet talking with him, saying, come up hither. That's not the rapture. Many have stated that that's a rapture, and they're out of and do not concern themselves with the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is written to the servants of God to begin with. And they have disallowed the word of God, saying that don't read it. You're not even there. It has not even had anything to do with you when it's written to the servants of God, not to natural Israel, but to the church, to the servants of God. And he's going to seal his servants in their forehead. Those are ones that are obedient. So that's where we, first of all, miss the mark, not hearing the voice of God because we think that it has nothing to do with us. Of course it does. So John states there's a door open in heaven and a voice of a trumpet, a trumpet voice of Jesus. Not a cornet, not a flute harp, not a cornet, not a sackbolt, psaltery, or a dulcimer, the six instruments there of the worldly church. As you see in Daniel, the third chapter, verse 5, 10, and 15, this is the voice of a trumpet. This is the voice of the Lord. And it says, come up hither. The Lord's saying, come up hither, and I will show you things. Those are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things, so far the evidence of things not seen. I will show you things that must come to pass hereafter. Not before, but hereafter, written in 1992 AD. Well, after. Titus, son of Aspasian, has destroyed that uh, in 70 AD, the temple. So now we see that it is applicable to the church of the living God in these last days. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ coming to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, which is written to the body of Christ. It's not written to the sinner. It's not a revelation of the Antichrist. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. It's written to you, the believer. We must heed the voice of God. And the first thing that John finds that he's in the throne room. This is not Pentecost. This is not the sanctuary. He's in the throne room within the veil. He's in the season of tabernacles. He's in the Feast of Sevens, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Ingathering, the Feast of Prophecy. He's in the Feast of All Feasts. 
and it stays there. And he says he that was to look upon was like a jasper and a sardine stone. He reverses the, the sardius stone or sardine or sardius stone, which has Judah written on it in the, according to the tribes of Exodus 24 and the high priest garment. Then, and he puts the jasper first before the sardius stone. So what happened is the first stone in the breastplate of judgment, which is the sardius that has Judah written on it, and the last stone is Naphtali by wrestlings, which has the Jasper stone. But he's made the first last and the last first. And why? Because the Jasper stone is my wrestlings, the cross, then the sardine stone, the sardius, which is praise. So it's because of the cross we're praising. That's what he's saying there. Then he says there was a rainbow round about the throne. Now that's the work of the ministry from Jesus. Uh, who is the father of glory, the spirit of God, made himself and though reputation took on the form of a servant made in the likeness of men, and through his death, burial, and resurrection, took the ordinance of the law, nailed it to his cross, fulfilled it, broke down the middle wall of partition, and went back to his former glory. It's a whole work of God. And in that rainbow, the seven colors, is that whole work of the ministry. Now, and he says, and look at verse 4, round about the throne were... Four and twenty seats. Now, with those seats, that's the priesthood of which we are called for. The ones there that are following the Lord in obedience are made to set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And upon the on those seats, the twenty-four seats, I saw four and twenty elders clothed in white raiment. Now, of course, we know that that is the righteousness of the saints. And they had on their heads crowns of gold, glory. Now that means their faith has been tried by fire, that it would come forth as pure gold. And these have been and obtained that righteousness, not through their own works of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith. Now with that said, then we look there at verse 5. And out of the throne, the ones that are set, seated together in the heavenly places. Out of that throne, this is throne room revelation. It is not Pentecost. Let me say that again. Express that again, that it, this is not the Pentecostal season. These, this is the last season of the body of Christ in tabernacles. These are tabernaclists. They're the ones that's coming to the match of the statue of the fullness of Christ and obedience to his word and will. And it says uh, in verse Five, out of the throne. This is not a beaten olive oil. This is not in the regular uh, church Pentecostal age. We're coming to the end, the perfecting of it. And it says, out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. Now, notice that the lightnings comes first. Lightning always in the word of God is revelation. The effulgence of light, which is a revelation we see first. But what follows is thunderings. The thunderings is the hearing and the understanding of that word. And then that faith is always tried as by fire. That it can come forth as pure gold. And the glory of God rested upon your head. There's your crown. So it said, think it not strange, the fiery trial wishes to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. 
but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings and the glory of God resteth upon your head. Here's your crown. All right, now, now we're not having a beaten olive oil. This is where we've gone into a higher glory. The only light now is coming from God himself there in, in the throne room, in the holiest of all. The cherubims of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Paul said, of which now we cannot speak particularly, is exactly what this is alluding to. Paul stated that in Hebrews 9, 5. And why the cherubim? Because the cherubim are the living Zoe, the living creatures. It's a church of the living God that has the testimony of Jesus, which is a higher revelation in glory of Jesus Christ. It's the body of Christ that has gone up higher in glory, receiving the word of God. Now, this is throne room revelation. Out of the throne were thrones preceded these lightnings. The lightnings, that effulgence, it's a revelation. Then comes a thundering. That's the understanding of the word. Not only the understanding of it, but the obedience of it, that you've been gone through manifold temptations, and you counted it a joy, though your faith be tried as by fire, that it can come forth as pure gold. There's the gold, and that's the thundering now in the not only receiving and understanding the word, but in obedience to it. Then we have and voices. Now the voices there, notice, is more than one voice. It's the unity of the faith. It's the voices of a multitude, the voices of many waters. It's a voice of the body of Christ coming out of the temple. Now we see that there, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Now we know there's only one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who's above all, Father of all, and in us all. But it says seven spirits there. It's a sevenfold spirit. We see that simply as a sevenfold spirit of God that we see in Isaiah 11, verse 1, 2. It tells us what the sevenfold spirit of God is there. That is the full consummation and perfection for us, the body of Christ. Not for God. He's always perfect. He always has been. And we see here that now it brings us to the, after we see the lightnings, we have the understanding of the thunders, and then the voices were one with God in the unity of the faith. Then it says, and before the throne, verse 6, there was a sea of glass likened to crystal. Notice that's perfect. There's no spot or blemish in it. Those are the knowledges of God in the, the revelation of Jesus. And in the midst of the throne, that means that Jesus in the midst of the seven churches, one like the Son of Man in the midst of the seven churches. We have Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. Makes a wheel. But Jesus, the Son of Man, is in the middle of it, in the midst of it. That's a wheel in the middle of a wheel. But there's wheels there. But Ezekiel tells us, it was cried in his hearing to the wheels, O wheel, but one wheel. The voices are the voice of God. For if they kept my word, they'll keep yours. 
and were in the unity, one mind, one accord, speaking the same thing in that voice of God. There we see, now he brings us to the four living creatures, the cherubim. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass, like in a crystal, there was a knowledge of God, and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. Those are the fathers that's known him from the beginning. The eyes are the ain, the fountain of life. It's the ain, it's the eyes. That eyes there is revelation. Ain is the 16th letter in the ABCDRA of Hebrew, the aloft of the tav. The ain is that fountain. It's the eye. It's the understanding in the spirit of God. And that, in the consummation of all things is the final growth state. You see, he's set at the east end of the garden of God after the fall of Adam, cherubim, capital C, Genesis 3.24, along with a flaming sword, turning every which way to keep the way of the tree of life. That cherubim is the capital C, which is Jesus in his four faces. That sword is the word of God, which is Jesus Christ. He is the word. And it shows the four faces of Jesus, uh, lion, man, ox, and eagle. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah in the gospel according to Matthew. He's the perfect man in the gospel according to Mark. He is that suffering servant, the ox, in the gospel according to Luke. He is that eagle in uh, the gospel according to John. Lion, man, ox, and eagle, the four faces of Jesus Christ. Now it's the cherubim, capital C. But now... These will come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, being in that full image of Jesus Christ. That's the body of Christ, not as newborn babes, not growing to little children, not young men, but fathers that have known him that's from the beginning. 1 John 2, 12-14. Now these are the ones that are weaned from the milk and of full age, have their senses exercised thereby, to discern both good from the evil. These are the ones that will be used in the voice of the Lord and the voice of a trumpet. Saying, how long will you hear? Let me hear the sound of the trumpet, Jeremiah said. The alarm of war. What will you do in the solemn day, in the day of the feast of the Lord? These are shadows of things to come. In the seasons of God, the Moed, the divine appointments of God with man in the feast of the Lord. And we see that this Proceeding lightning is a proceeding word of God. It proceeded from the throne. It's a proceeding word of God. It's a fire. We see that because the fire before the throne of God and out of uh, the two witnesses, the church of the living God in the last days, Revelation 11, which are the two olive trees, the cherubim of glory and the two candlestick which is the church and a higher glory, having the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, to understand the words of the book of this prophecy. Those are the ones that will proclaim the everlasting gospel to all the world, for witness in all nations, and then the end will come. But they, be, they must be counted worthy. They're not only the called, they're the chosen, and the faithful in that calling. Here we see that that is the golden oil proceeding from the throne. And it's coming to the cherubim, the living creatures. We see that. And the four beasts full of eyes have this understanding. They are in tabernacles, not in Pentecost. It's a different season. 
we're in a different higher level of, of glory in the higher season of God tabernacle, not in Pentecost. You can't have both. You have to leave Pentecost, not forget it, leave it to go into the higher season of tabernacles. That's what exactly Paul meant when he said, therefore, Hebrews 6, therefore leaving the first principles of the doctrine of Christ. We don't forget them, but don't focus on that. Leaving, therefore, the first principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of faith toward God, repentance from dead work, the laying on of the hands of uh, the doctrine of baptism, the laying on the hands and the resurrection, eternal judgment. This will we do if God permit. Let us go on unto perfection. Why? Because Jesus is coming back for a church that is perfected, has made herself ready, that is without spot, without blemish. And don't let anybody tell you any different. It's not going to be in the sweet by and by. He's coming back for a church, perfect church that's made herself ready. And here they are. So this is the voice. The voice there is after the, we've had the lightning, the effulgence, and the revelation of the word. Thunderings that it's been applied and applicable to our life and experienced that in obedience. Then we have the voices. We'll also see the thing uh, written over there also in Revelation 11 about the uh, the two witnesses. And uh, we see there in verse 19, and uh, the temple of God was opened in heaven. That temple, we know that we're the temple. What, no, you're not your body. It's the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. We are that habitation now, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And there was seen in his temple temple, the Ark of the Testament. That's the testimony of Jesus. Those are the ones that have the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy in Revelation 19.10. John saw the man, which is Christ the head and we the body, that are in one mind, one accord, not only in the lightning's thunder, but on the voices, the voice of the Lord that will be carried out through the body of Christ in the last days, the proclamation of the gospel to all the world for a witness in all nations. Then the end will come. John saw it in Revelation 19.10, and he said he was about to worship him. And the man said, See thou doest it not. Well, then why not? If anybody knew the Lord, John knew the Lord. John the Revelator knew the Lord, the Lord Jesus. He would never worship an idolatry or worship a Baal or anything except the Lord Jesus Christ. But this one's in the perfect image of Jesus. It is... Uh, the body of Christ that has the testimony of Jesus. We see that because uh, the man says, do not worship me, worship God. Who is this man? He said, I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is a higher level of glory in throne room revelation, not outer court or sanctuary being the holy place, Pentecostal, but within the veil, the cherubim of glory, shadowing the mercy seat, Paul said, of which now we cannot speak particularly. Couldn't speak particularly about it because he was in the season of Pentecost and not in tabernacles. It was not lawful to speak it at that time. Did he see it? Yes, he did. Could he speak it? No, he couldn't. 
Look at Hebrews 9, 5. He stated he couldn't. It is reserved to us, the body of Christ, in the last days, these days. And that's the cherubim shadowing that mercy seat within the veil, within the throne room revelation. We find that in verse 6, Revelation 4, 6. There we have those living creatures, lion, man, calf, and eagle, which is the same image of the cherubim set at the east end of the garden of God along with the flaming sword. We've come to the image of Jesus Christ. And that's through obedience unto righteousness and holiness. It was not something done overnight. It was through obedience, adding to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, the God life, and add to your godliness, brotherly kindness, and then to brotherly kindness, charity, which is the bond of perfectness and uh, guarantee you'll get to perfection and covering a multitude of sins. It's obedience to the will of God that you love him. Charity is not love. It's a love of God based in doing his will and his word. There, the temple of God was open in heaven. There was seen in that temple the ark of the Testament. There were lightning, lightnings. That's revelation. And voices. That's a voice in one in the unity of the faith. And thunderings. And an earthquake and great hell. Why? Because in Psalm 148, that snow, hail, God fulfilling his word in the last days. There it is. And it's in the temple, in the temple of God. So we want to look at Hebrews 9, 5. We don't want to miss that. Paul stated that this had a worldly sanctuary with a divine service, speaking about the tabernacle of Moses. He goes on and says in verse 5, and over it, that is uh, the, the Ark of the Covenant, and over it the cherubim of glory, shadowing the mercy seat. Keep on reading. Of which we cannot now speak particularly. He's talking about the cherubim there, shadowing the mercy seat. He couldn't speak about it. Why? Because we're going to see that the cherubim are the ones that will have this glory. Where do we see that? In Ezekiel 1. We see these living creatures coming out of a fire enfolding itself as the appearance of a man. The man is Christ Jesus. It's in the image of Jesus Christ. There is a saying that we see that Joshua, the son of Josedek, Joshua, Yeshua, that is Jehovah's salvation, son of Josedek, righteousness, which is along with uh, Zerubbabel, born in Babylon, son of Sheltiel, I've asked El for a son. I've asked God for a son. And these two are to build the temple of God. But to do that, we find in Zechariah 3 that before the throne, there the Lord, seen with the Lord, is Joshua. And while he's there, Satan appears also to withstand him. And it says, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Even the Lord rebuke you. Not, not Joshua. The Lord himself is going to do this work. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? It's coming out of the fire. Those that have been tested thoroughly through manifold temptations, their faith tried as by fire, comes forth as pure gold, and they will be the ones that will be used. 
in the last days for these tribulation persecutions that you endured, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you've suffered. There, we see those are the ones that he's going to use. And it comes out of the fire in Ezekiel 1, and you'll see that in uh, verse 5. Out of the midst thereof of the fire came four living creatures. This is the appearance they had the likeness of a man. Now, this man will have a lion, man, ox, and eagle, four faces, the same as Jesus in Genesis 3.24. These are the living creatures of Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. Somebody said, well, I thought they were angels. Revelation 5 is going to tell you the four and twenty uh, elders and the four beasts sing the song of the redeemed. They are not angels. They are the redeemed of the Lord. But in a higher glory than Pentecost, they receive the present truth of the word of God in the preceding word. With that said, the lion man knocks an eagle, but their feet as as a calf's foot of burnished brass. That's what we see, lion, man, calf, and eagle in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5 because the feet and breast speaks of judgment. And all judgments given to the Son of Man because he is the Son of Man, which is the kingdom office of the Spirit, which we are included in, Jesus ahead, and we the body of the Christ. Now the judgment will not be given to the saints of God until the day of the Lord. How be it? as it was with Moses working judgment miracles through Christ that was in him at that time. Because we know that because 1 Peter 1, verse 10, 11 says that the Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching water, what manner of time, the spirit of Christ that was in them. That spirit is capital S. Christ is that spirit. There's a revelation of Christ, which is the foundation of the church. Which spoke and said there beforehand, testifying beforehand, what it signified, testifying beforehand, the sufferings of Christ. Not Christ Jr., not a different Christ, but Christ the Spirit is Christ the man who has made himself a body of flesh and blood. Now, Christ in his height is the Spirit of God. He's the Father of glory. He is El Shaddai. He is the Almighty God. He is the Lord Jehovah. He's Elohim. But he took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of man. Being found in fashion as man, humbling himself to death, the death of the cross. That's the Lord God Almighty said so in Isaiah 43, 10. Thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know, believe me, and understand that I am he. He is God. Before him there is no God formed, neither shall be after him. He says he formed himself a body of flesh and blood, Isaiah 43, 10. Think now that I am the Lord God, thy Savior, the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. So we have hewn out cisterns that can hold no water with trees plucked up by the roots in a false trinity doctrine of the Godhead. And God will, through his judgments, bring us back to the true God, to those that hear and obey accordingly. The ones that don't, John said uh, when he saw it in Revelation 16, 13, three unclean spirits like frogs. Spirits of devils working miracles. We've been deceived. But many will come out of Babylon, out of these false doctrines, serving gods, and come to the true God in eternal life. And that's the reason for God's judgments. He is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Well, the last day, there will be 
these ones that have the throne room revelation of lightnings, thunderings, and voices from the throne room, Revelation 4, 5. These are the ones that God's going to use that the call chosen and faithful, not just called. Many call, few chosen. Not only are they chosen, but they're faithful in that calling that God can trust them. They came to the fullness and measure of the statue of Jesus in charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And Paul said, when I was a child, I understood as a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child. But when I came a man, full grown, that is shown to us in the cherubim, I put away childish things. I become a man. Well, the cherubim have the appearance of a man. They're not little children. They're not newborn babies. They are, have the appearance of a man. They put away childish things. They're full grown. So therefore, it says there, and we know, and there's many, many things to say about the cherubim and the work of the ministry, but for the voices, and we're focusing on the voice of God, the trumpet talking with John coming from the throne room. He's in the throne room there, and it's coming from the throne room, proceeded. There's a proceeding word of God, lightnings, thunders, and voices. And first, to the four and twenty seats where the four and twenty elders seated. And uh, then we have these thunderings, with first the lightnings and thunderings and the voices, and then it comes to the cherubim, the living creatures, the four beasts before the throne of God, the lion, man, calf, and eagle. Why? Because this is the body of Christ with the testimony of Jesus in the spirit of prophecy that will proclaim the words of the book of this prophecy. They are the ones that God will use as his voice in the last days. We see then in Ezekiel one of these cherubims, which are the same as the living creatures uh, in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5 before the throne. And it says that every one of these cherubim, when they went, verse 24, very important. And when they went, Ezekiel said, I heard the noise of their wings. The noise of their wings? Yes, because the wings are what you fly up on the wind of doctrine. And you can certainly hear that. Like the noise of great waters. What's that? The waters of truth. What is it? As the voice of the Almighty. Well, it's voices, yes. It's a voice of unity of the faith. No matter where the body of Christ is speaking the same thing all over the world, walking in the same light of Jesus Christ, in that truth, that blood flow in the fellowship, having fellowship one with another, blood flow through the body of Christ, and the blood of Jesus cleansing them from all sin. Because they're walking in the light, and he's in the light, his throne room revelation. They've gone from Pentecostal to Tabernacles. We find that you can't have both because in Levitical 16, whenever that time came, all the priests were taken out of the sanctuary, out of the holy place. Then only one is going in. Don't you know that all run in a race, but only one winneth the prize. Those that are in the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. And that one man goes all the way into 
the most holy place, the holy of holies, the holiest of all. That's when God anoints the most holy, Daniel 9.24. He sealed up the vision and the prophecy. What? The book, the books of the words of this prophecy. The book of this prophecy, Revelation of Jesus Christ. And that vision is the vision of the last days, the stone hewn out of a mountain without hands shall grow and fill the earth. And it will smite the image of the beast in the feet. And great will be the fall of it. This is the voice of the Almighty God. The noise of speech. That's a proceeding word of God. Somebody says speeching. If he's speaking, speech. <laughs> it's coming from the throne room. It's a proceeding word. It's a current word. It's not just a something we heard in the word of God and we say, oh, that's a general principle to live by. That's wonderful. It's true. Yes. But you don't focus on that. You leave the first principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on to perfection. You focus on the present light, which is the present proceeding word of God by which every man lives by. And where we missed it, we're still stumbling back in Pentecost when we showed the tabernacles to this season that we're in that has already changed. And God is now sealing his people by his word, those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. It's a voice of speech. It is the proceeding word of God. It's a voice of speech as the noise of an host. That's the Lord of Samoa, the Lord of hosts. That's the body of Christ in union, in the unity of the faith, one mind, one accord with the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ speaking through them. Paul said, you seek a truth of Christ speaking through me. If a man is not speaking with Christ speaking through him, not him, but Christ speaking through him in the leading of the Holy Ghost, it is not. It is not to be feared, for he speaks out of his own heart. When they stood, they let down their wings, and there was a voice from the firmament that was over their heads. When they stood, they let down their wings, and above the firmament, that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne as the appearance of a sapphire stone. Sapphire stone on the breastplate of judgment is Simeon to hear to understand. God's given the understanding of this book in this season, which is not Pentecost. Again, it's tabernacle. God gave him the understanding of the book in the season of tabernacles as Ezra made a pulpit, Nehemiah, and gave the, God gave the understanding of the book to the people in the season of tabernacles where we're in now. And upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness of the appearance of a man above upon it. There we see, this is the likeness of the glory of the Lord. There we see the glory of the Lord will be proclaimed in and through the body of Christ. There are many voices out there. And some are saying, well, you know, uh, we want to have a prayer life. Well, that's good. Everybody knows that. Uh, we should uh, uh, always uh, crucify the flesh with affection and the lust. And that's good. We should all do that. Uh, the first principles are the oracles of God. We need to do that. Foundation of faith uh, from dead works. We should know that. Doctrine of baptism laying on the hands. Baptism. Well, some people just preach baptisms over and over and over. Uh, that's good. That's the truth. But that's not our focus. We leaving, therefore, the first principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on to perfection. 
not preaching the same thing of the altar, of burnt offering, the labor, repentance, and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, not only doing the general principles of the word of God, uh, you know, no drunkard shall inherit the kingdom of God, abstaining from things offered to idols, uh, uh, saying from blood, adultery, fornication, and all the different things that bring forth death. We understand that. Crucifying the flesh with the effects of the lust, yes. But to obey the truth in the proceeding word of God in the present truth and obedience is essential to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. There's many voices of Baal out there. Baal prophesies peace. The voice of Baal is peace. You're not going to have any tribulation or persecution. That's Mystery Babylon. The great, the mother of farmers, that false church says, I said a queen, I am no widow. I will see no sorrow, no birth pain. God says, you're not going to have any birth pains. You're not going to have any trouble, tribulation. You better take a good look at it. God said in Amos 9 verse 9, there's a sifting going on among the nations, not the least grain will fall to the ground. That's how God sifts his people. Amos 9 and 10, I'll destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword, which say no evil, no tribulation, no trouble. It's going to prevent and overtake us. God said, I'll destroy you. It's very important, essential, whether we obey the word of God. You're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. The latest in church says, I am increased with goods. I'm clothed, fed. I have need of nothing. But God said, you're clothed, so you're you're naked, destitute, and literally uh, void of the voice of God. You're naked, destitute. And in that, he said, what's, what's the cure? I counsel of thee to buy me gold. Buy me gold, buy the truth, sell it not. Buy me gold, try it in the fire. That it can come forth as pure gold. Well, what is that? And he goes on and says, everyone I love, I chasten. And if you be without chastening, which all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. And the chastening rod of God, the rod and the staff, red corn is bruised, and the, the, he beats out the corn, a pointed barley, barley in the rye with the, uh, a staff and the rod. The pointed uh, beats out the coming uh, with a rod and the pointed barley with a staff. But he will not allow the wheel of the cart or the horseman to, to, to trot upon us. Why? We're not appointed to the wrath of God. But we are appointed to that rod and staff, which is the chastening rod of God, so that we will not be condemned with the world. And that's what that Laodicea never understood. They preached the world, that you can have riches and all the other things that go with it, increase with goods, be rich toward yourself and not rich toward God. And you're okay. Prosperity gospel. Many of there. Well, it's, that's a voice of Baal. There's many voices out there. There's a, a voice of pride. There's so many different spirits in, uh, in Solomon going into all that he wanted to do uh, in under the sun. It was all vanity and vexation of spirit and all these different voices and spirits that he tried. But the final conclusion, after it was all said and done, he said, the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. That's a whole duty, nothing else. Fear God. They do that, obey his voice. 
do the will of God, then you'll have, you'll have an entrance into the kingdom of heaven. The voice of the Lord is going forth now. It's not in Pentecost, and many are still trying to beat that voice out over the pulpit and persuade the body of Christ that that's all there is to it. And just wait, any day there's going to be a rapture. Trying to persuade that that's all there is and no more to the truth that is still ahead for the body of Christ. And you've already got all the glory you're going to have. God's not going to raise you any higher than what you are right now. That's a lie. The ones that hear, the ones that know the voice of God, the ones that understand that throne room, lightnings, thunderings, and the voices right there are through, and the glory's going to go over the cherubim from the, from the threshold of the house. That's where it's happening now to those that have an ear. Well, let us be sure that we hear the voice of God in 2022. God's doing a new thing. He's already done it. To those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. There, we would love to hear from you if the Holy Ghost bears witness with your spirit. We would like to meet you. If you'd like to have us come out there, minister with you, minister to your churches. Please let us know. We want to be your servants, pop the rag, shine your shoes, be of an assist, assistance to you in your work in ministry. You can give me a call. The country code is one plus. My phone is 903 903-7476-4885. Again, country code 1 plus 903-746-4885. Or you can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can uh, message us over the website, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. We want to thank you for your prayerful support and your generous offerings whereby keep the podcast coming to you over the air. God will bless you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.